The following podcast contains explicit language. About a 30-minute drive south of Fort Worth, there's a park that sits along a river in the town of Crawley, Texas. The playground has a bunch of modern equipment. It's got a sun cover for shade. There's a splash pad with big buckets that dump water. Like any good park, Bicentennial Park plays an important role in the community. It's a hub. They have Easter egg hunts every year, fireworks on the 4th of July. In a few weeks, they'll be gearing up for their annual Pumpkins in the Park party. But there's something else this park has. It's got a hill. Right down the street, Bicentennial Park, right from, uh, from the house I grew up in. That's where we got it in. I used to hate. I used to hate going down there because I knew how, how tired I'd be and not knowing what I was doing, but knowing that it that it helped me in the long run. Anyone who knows Milton Williams knows that the hill at Bicentennial Park has been a huge part of his journey. I can remember Milton's dad always taking Milton on Saturday after games. Saturday mornings, we'd come in and we'd watch film. Chris James coached Milton in high school. He's followed his career ever since. Milton's dad would take him to that hill, and he'd go run those hills. You know, and it worked out for him, I mean, because, I mean, in the combine or when he trained, he ran an incredible time in the 40. He tested off the charts. It was a tree at the bottom of the hill, kind of at the bottom, about 20 yards. He said, just jog up till you get to the base. And once you get climbing, start digging. Hard as you can, all the way to the top. Walk down, come back to the tree. Do it again. Last one, baby. Last one. Milton wouldn't run the hill alone. His dad, whose name is also Milton, would be right there with him. That's our 285 pounds get up a hill. Right there. That's fourth quarter action right here. What were the normal drills that you'd have him run there? For conditioning, I would make him do two back to back. Go up and down full speed, back to back twice. And then you get a 45-second break and do it again. Boom. Full speed, back to back. And then you get a one-minute break. Boom. You know, just like that and stuff. Got to build that motor. Build that motor, baby. You always say, I ain't going to make you do nothing. Like, I know what it takes. Or I ain't going to make you do nothing that's not going to help you. I knew it worked. I knew it worked. When it worked for me, I said, oh, I know what works. I done did some everything, so I know he'll work work for for athletes. So far, the proof is in the pudding. Milton Williams might not be the biggest name on the Eagles' defense, but a month into his third NFL season, he's making an impact. Milton Williams is maybe the most underrated player on this team. Guys like Milton Williams aren't even getting mentioned. He deserves more credit. Well, he he plays is play smashing people. Better than last year. He's taking a step forward this year. What's Milton Williams been doing to stand out? Where did he come from? How did a former Eagles great, one of the toughest players in franchise history, inspire his training? If you're the type of person who's ever felt overlooked, then this is a story for you. The Philadelphia Eagles haven't seen nothing yet. Just wait. They haven't seen anything yet. I'm Jeff McClain. I'm the Eagles beat reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And this is Uncovering the Birds a Philadelphia Inquirer and KOW News Radio original podcast. 
with new episodes dropping every three weeks. Season two, episode two, Running Up That Hill. When you talk to Milt Williams' dad, he gushes about his son. This boy, he's 16% body fat, man, at 295 pounds. And he's fast, I don't know what. He still got his speed, you know. He ran 110 hurdles, he did it, 200 meters. A lot of people, like I say, they think he's big, big D Lime, and Milton still got his speed and stuff, you know. And he's a hard worker. Between the end of last season and the start of this one, there have definitely been flashes when Milton has shown the complete package. If you haven't heard a lot about Milton Williams, I get it. The Eagles drafted him in the third round in 2021. He hasn't put up great numbers in his first two seasons. Despite not going to one of the big conference schools, Milton tested well pre-draft in his drills. His athleticism was compared to that of Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald. On top of that, the Eagles liked his character. I actually got my hand on one of the original scouting reports of Milton, and this line stood out. This is a kid that you want to take down a dark alley, which speaks to not only his character, but his toughness. Milton was just a role player as a rookie, and then last year, he came on strong down the stretch. It was a big turnaround from the start of the season when he was hurt. Last year, I had, I had hyperextended my elbow yeah, first day of training camp, so that wasn't, wasn't easy. To, that was like a six or seven week injury, so I didn't take no time off because I, I wanted to be out there. Like I don't want to... I don't want that label of, no, he, he injury prone. But the injury affected him. He didn't feel like himself. I just put a sleeve on it and just did what I could. So I really couldn't just, like I wanted to, really lock guys out. But I still was able to do my job a little bit. But I, I, I wasn't as productive as, like you see in the second half of the season, I had a little bit more time after the bye week. I got some time to rest, recover, get it right. I had some stuff going on with my toe, you know, just just little things. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I got put that jersey on, my name on the back with the Eagles on the front. That's all they see. So I got to go out there and be productive. To his credit, Milton's final numbers were solid for a backup. He had four sacks and nine tackles for loss. It upped the ante for Milton going into this year and the expectations. After Milton's hot start two games into the season, I asked defensive coordinator Sean Desai about him. What do you see in the first two weeks from him, and what is it that, about him that um, that maybe shouldn't get lost in the shuffle? Yeah, I think the, the thing that we've seen, and, and I'm glad you brought him up because he's been a, a critical asset to that front, is his physicalness and his consistency. You know, he strikes at the point of attack, and, and he's sound with his technique and fundamentals. I mean, he's been a guy that we've grown up in here where he stays physical, and, he, and he can, he's got versatility. He can play a lot of those inside positions for us. He provides a good balance and a good toughness and adds a level of toughness continuing to that room. I thought that description was telling. Because when you think about it, the Eagles defensive tackle rotation is probably one of the toughest to crack on the team. You got a future Eagles Hall of Famer in Fletcher Cox. You've got first rounders from each of the last two years in Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. So that's why I framed the question to Sean Desai that way. That Milton's someone you could say gets lost in the shuffle. I just think that, you know, he's good at straining, taking on double teams and always trying to get to the ball. I mean, he's making plays, man. Brandon Graham's been keeping an eye on Milton. He sees a lot of Javon Hargrave in him. Hargrave left the Eagles and signed with San Francisco in the offseason. Milton has helped fill that void. Why is he playing well? 
Like when you, when you watch it, like what do you, you know, what's kind of been standing out? For you? I just see like a bunch of a bunch of stuff Hargrave did last year. Last year he he did he doing it because Hargrave was a big a big uh, mentor to him, and so he doing the regiment of what Grave did last year of just doing a lot of extra, making sure he paying attention to every little detail, still talking to him. What are those extra things? Is that about just like or is you know, about, about like just making sure you stand in, in good shape, get, being on the elliptical, running a little extra after practice. Just being a pro. Yeah. You know, I think Milton just hungry. You know what I'm saying? That's what I see from him. Doing the extra things, going above and beyond. That's always been a part of Milton Williams' identity. I think Milton probably said about ten words <laughs> the entire time he was there. Chris James was Milton Williams' head coach at Crawley High School. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that this was the way Milton carried himself. In the Eagles media guide, right there on his bio page, it says his biggest peeve is talking. He never missed a practice. He never missed a workout. He was there from sunup to sundown. First one there, last one to leave type kid. He didn't talk. He was vocal on the football field. I tell you that, you can hear him screaming after he got a sack or made a big play on defense. But yeah, he, he was very, very reserved kid. Very respectable kid. All of this checks out with the intel the Eagles gathered on Milton over multiple evaluations before the draft. Many entries into the Eagles scouting report focus on his work ethic. Here's one snippet. You don't have to get on his ass. He pushes himself. When I sat down with Milton at the Novacare Complex heading into week three of the season, I asked him about his mindset. Just trying to take advantage of everything, you know, not trying to overtalk or not trying to be seen and, and things like that. Just getting a job done, what's being asked of me and doing it to the best of my ability. I feel like that is, has carried me here up, up to this point, going hard, knowing what to do and how to do it. What I didn't know about Milton before doing this story was that he didn't start out as a defensive lineman. Chris James, his high school coach, said originally Milton had an entirely different plan for himself. He wanted to play quarterback. What you could see with him was that he had a big frame and he was going to grow. So I told Milton, I said, look, let's concentrate on defensive line. You know, I think you're going to fill out and be, become a player. When he first came to you and wanted to be a quarterback, was that a tough conversation for you to, to have with him? Yeah, it was a tough conversation because I told him, I said, he could probably have been a quarterback and he might could have played quarterback in college. But I just, I saw him, you know, he his, his dad, his mom, his sisters, they're all athletic and they're all, you know, relatively super, you know, muscular people. I just felt like with him, I told Milton, I said, look, go play defensive end. I promise you in three years when you graduate, high school, you're going to have a college scholarship, a Division One scholarship. And, and it worked out for, for luckily for me. <laughs> it yeah. did, and him too, you know, because, I mean, look at him today. I was watching Cam Newton all the time. I had hit a growth spurt coming in high school from about, I think I was like 5'9", up to like 5'11", 6 feet. So I'm like, okay, I had the Cam Newton cleats. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be Cam Newton. But there were other things Milton liked doing too. I wanted to chase quarterbacks too, so I was I was kind of like in between both. So it wasn't super hard, or was it hard for you to? It wasn't really hard. Like I wanted to play quarterback, but it really wasn't. Was my love for the game? Yeah. Is yeah. Now I I wanted to be a defensive end, 
uh, watching Demarcus Ware. I remember watching him a lot. He's uh, growing up. JJ Watt, you know them guys playing on the edge. So I'm like, okay, I can, I, I can do that. And Melton did. He finished his high school career at Crowley with 300 tackles, 22 sacks, and scored four touchdowns. He was named the District Defensive Player of the Year his senior year. He didn't have a whole lot of college opportunities. A lot of people came to see him. Well, Missouri, Texas, just everybody was coming to look at the kid because he was so intriguing, but nobody really pulled the trigger on him. Milton could see what was happening. He wasn't a dummy. He was getting overlooked. Coach said that there were some big schools that came out and watched. They all watched it, but you never, just for some reason, you never got the offer. It, it was hard, you know. I wasn't one of those kids to go to all the camps and things like that. Like I was doing other stuff, working out, and I just wasn't taking it as serious as some of them were. But I still, I knew it was a dream always to play in the NFL. And do you use that stuff as motivation? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, always. Finally, an offer came from Louisiana Tech. But when he got there, Milton had to wait. The school gave him a redshirt year. His dad had some thoughts about that. It was kind of hard for me to just, I'm like, man, what's going on? You know, they would tell me he got to wait for his time, his time. Okay, he's faster than your starters. He's better than your starters. So, I mean, I don't understand. What's the deal? Again, there was this theme. Milton thinking he was getting bypassed. So why didn't he pack it in? He could have made excuses. He didn't play at all his first year and didn't get a ton of playing time his second. How did he turn himself into this game changer? who led Louisiana Tech in sacks the next two years. He works his butt off, man. Everything he's, he's gotten, Jeff, it wasn't given to him. Everything he has now, he has worked for. The elder Milton made sure of it. Coming up after the break, a tough love defined the relationship between Milton Williams and his dad and what Milton's done this year to change his mindset. Stay with us. I'm Jeff McLean, and this is Uncovering the Birds. Long before Milt Williams broke into the NFL as the Eagles' third-round pick in 2021, his dad, Milton, was chasing an NFL dream of his own. I always wanted it. I wanted to play football all my life. I had a, I had an opportunity to do the Cowboys thing, but when I got over to the Cowboys facility, they say the paperwork was mixed up. I had an invitation and everything, and so that's probably why I got a little bad taste in my mouth about the Cowboys. Because of this mix-up, Melton's dad couldn't try out. If he had, who knows? Maybe we'd be talking about his son being a second-generation NFL player. Melton's dad grew up an hour and a half outside Miami in a small town near Lake Okeechobee. And get this, he was actually from the same neighborhood as Andre Waters, the Eagles great who committed suicide in 2006 because of CTE. Like Waters, Melton's dad was a safety. He said Waters was like a big brother to him. And you know what they did together when they trained in Florida? They ran hills. That's where Milton's dad got the idea from. And he trained his son the same way. We've just been doing hills all our life, pretty much all their lives. And I know hill work works, so when I tell them, you want to be good, you got to put the work in. So it's nothing. They have no excuse. I have the parachute, the weight vest. I have, I have everything they need to get better. I have it. So, so it wasn't any excuses. This is why we call this episode Running Up That Hill. 
not just because we're Kate Bush fans or because Stranger Things has made the song popular again because of TikTok. The hill at Bicentennial Park in Crowley is just one example of how Milton's dad challenged him. I've heard, uh, you know, like your dad was like a huge influence on you. Hard, hard on you, but, oh, yeah. but fair. Is that yeah. strict? Tough love for sure. Tough love for sure. By the time he was in third or fourth grade, Milton was doing 100 dips in their backyard. His dad always made sure he was focused on football. I was a PlayStation guy, PlayStation, PlayStation guy growing up, so he, uh, he, he'd know I'd be playing it all day if he, don't, if he don't come get it from me. So he'd, come, he'd go to work, and he'd wait till I'd go to sleep. He'd hide it somewhere in the house. So I wake up to play the game, and it's gone. It's this summertime, so I ain't got nothing to do. So I call him like, hey, did you uh, do something with my PlayStation? I would take the PlayStation. I would take the cell phone. If he got pissed off, went in the room, closed the door, I went and took the door off the hinge. I said, man, you told me you want to go to the NFL. Listen to me. I didn't make it, but I want you to go. And once he got that in his head, he started listening. When Milton's dad told him to work out, he worked out. When Milton's dad told him to eat a certain way, he did that too. One time when Milton was in college, he came home on a break and said his coaches wanted him to put on more weight because he was moving from DN to tackle. He was home 10 days and he put on 12 pounds, 10 days. Wow. What I had him doing, what I had him doing, he was working out, eating, he was eating six or seven peanut butter, honey buns with peanut butter and a half a gallon of almond milk every night. When I went to work at two in the morning, he was at the table eating that stuff after he done worked out in the garage. And he put on 12 pounds in 10 days. And they, they didn't believe it. When he went back, they said, man, oh, you did it for real. Wow. They didn't believe it. <laughs> Motivating your kid, getting them to buy into what you're always preaching. As a parent, that's a never-ending pursuit. Milton eventually bought into everything his father said, but it was a process. Part of the reason Milton came around was the example his dad set. The other Milton had a story to tell. He had a legit shot at the NFL, but came up short. All these years later, that still eats at him. He ended up driving trucks. He and his wife, Willonette, worked hard to provide for Milton and his two sisters. He didn't want to be the one to go and be gone for a week or two, three days at a time. So he always makes sure that his route was coming home every day, no matter where he was going. But there was another reason Milton listened to his dad. His dad was old school. Both Milton and his father were honest about that. Like any kid, you know, they're a little mature when they're younger. So, like, how was, how was that process for you? And, and did, you know, how, how did you have to discipline them? Well, with the belt. And with the belt, the girls was pretty much, they, they, they understood. Milton, I really had to get on him because he was, he was with some boneheads at the school and stuff. And I was telling them, those guys, they, they, they go in the wrong direction. I could see it. And so when I was in training camp last year, we were talking to stuff at this place. He said, how you knew that those guys I was playing the game with weren't going to do nothing? And stuff? I said, Milton, I can see right through them. I said, well, I said, what are they doing right now? What are they doing right now? Working at Jack in the Box, working at McDonald's, and they're watching you on TV. He told me, he appreciated me, me pushing him. Milton didn't have to go it alone, and that helped. He had his two sisters, Michelle and his twin Mia. He and Mia were especially close. So that's my dog right there. We... We talk every day, text, FaceTime, it's in Instagram, all this stuff. And here's the thing. Mia wasn't just a good athlete. According to Milton's dad, she was the best in the family. She started varsity. Everything she did started varsity as a freshman. Basketball, track, cross country. She the one I didn't have to tell to work out. 
When I got them up at six in the morning to go run the hill, she was already up, ready to go. Melton, I had to go wake him up. Get up, come on, let's go, man. You know? <laughs> were they competitive it's, with each other? They were competitive until he went to college and stuff because Mia used to outrun Melton. Like I say, she was the beast, man. <laughs> so Milton wasn't just being pushed by his dad. His twin Mia was pushing him too. Mia got a scholarship to play basketball at a school in Oklahoma, but she didn't take it. Instead, she went to La Tech with Milton. How did having her there help you? It's just, just her being, us just being familiar with each other like a whole life, just, just having a, having a family member with you. You know, we, was, we four hours from home and she always there. You know, I need anything. She helped me with some work or help me with some things that I need or whatever. Do you have any like twin stories where like, you know, you guys like kind of like have this, like what do they call it? Like kind of like almost um, the telepathic uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, her thing, so when I used to get in trouble, we, we used to get, get uh, pops or whatever. She used to always like go outside cause she didn't want to hear me like get in trouble. I guess, I guess it was her, th- she used to always be like, I just, I just didn't want to hear it. Like I could feel it. I was just like, okay, that was kind of her thing. You get a little sp- uh, spank or? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was probably talking back or something, saying, yeah. saying something slick. What? What'd you say? Milton got through it. He came out on the other side, an NFL pro. He kept working. He didn't make excuses. He followed through on his dad's every word. He considers his father his biggest inspiration. He always just saying, you know, man, just stay with it. You know, it's, it's, you always been busting your ass from, from day one. It ain't going to change now. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. You're going to get what you deserve. I didn't have my dad in my life to push me like I pushed Milton. That's what gave me that drive because I knew how I felt. When in high school, I was MVP, player of the all this stuff here, and my dad wasn't never there. My mom and grandmother were there. I so that you. pushed me. I said, when I get children, I'm never going to leave my children's side. And hey, I'm still here right now. In the days right after he was drafted, Milton Williams didn't know what to do with himself. So you know where he went? Back to running up that hill. The hill at Bicentennial Park. Last one, baby. I just went back to to what I knew and what my dad had me doing. So I was on that hill running. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually I got a video. I still got some videos. The fourth quarter action right here. Corona ain't stopping nothing. Two and a half years later, Milton's holding down a key spot on a three and zero Eagles team that's trying to get back to the Super Bowl. He turned heads last year. But this year, he wanted to come into the season with a clearer mind. Earlier on, I feel like I was worried about the wrong things, thinking about, oh, he over there, and he got this much, what'd he do? He got, he got this, and they paid him this much? He ain't that good. Or, you know, just worried about the wrong thing instead of worried about me taking care of my body, my techniques, and, you know, just asking the coaches, any chance I get, what, what do I need to focus on to get better so I can be – be that guy, you know, when it's nut-cutting time, I want to be one of those guys that's out there. No surprise, his dad helped put him in the right headspace. Stop focusing on who's playing where or who's getting paid what. Just play. Put in the work. 
no excuses. I just told him, you know, control what you can control. You got to understand, when you're on the field, 31 other teams are watching you. They getting taped. Don't think you're going unnoticed. You're being watched. Play your role, play your game, and then let it be that. Everything going to come into place. For as much as Milton looked up to his dad, it sounds like Milton's becoming a leader in his own way. He's only been in the NFL a year longer than second-year defensive tackle Jordan Davis, but he's already made an impression. He's one of the guys that I'm just like, man, like, you know, you see him work and you see him work. Oh, okay. And, you know, he might get out shine, but he's always there. He's consistent. He's always chopping and he's always working. So I love him. You see him at practice, he's always working hard. So he's, you know, you got to show him his respect. This is how Milton Williams was raised. He keeps on pushing until he gets to the top of that hill. I just got a chip on my shoulder. Like, it's always, it's always been like that. Just having the thoughts in my head, wanting to be ready for, for, for when my time came and take over. This is Uncovering the Birds, a production of the Philadelphia Inquirer and KOW News Radio original podcasts. Our producer is KOW News Radio's Brian Seltzer. Tom Rickert is KOW News Radio's director of podcasting. The executive producer from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Special thanks to Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're around for season one, thanks for coming back. We missed you. And if you're a new listener, please help us spread the word. You can leave us a review or a rating, like Flyer Rich. Yes, we do want to give you more than just X's and O's. You can listen to Uncovering the Birds, including season one, free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to inquire.com slash podcasts. We'll be dropping new episodes every three weeks. I'm Jeff McLean. You can follow me on X at Jeff underscore McLean or search for my name on any social media platform. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>